Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SB Nation. Night two of the NFL draft is underway as we are recording this. The Bucks have made their first selection of the 2022 NFL draft. We will get into the Bucks selection. We will look back at night one of the draft and some of the the trades and storylines heading into the weekend. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and the other half of this great dynamic duo. Before I get to him, I'm going to save the best for last because remember, you can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com for everything on the NFL draft. But he is the other half of this dynamic dynamic duo. It's suns out, guns out season for the one, the only. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Elmart810. Lynn Martez. Lynn, what's up, man? I just left the gym, man. I'm clanging and banging. I got, I got the NFL kicking in, the spirit in me. And, and uh, yeah, the, the sun's out. And actually, the sun is not out right now. It's, it's raining here. <laughs> it's raining here in St. Pete. But the guns are out. I'm pumped, man. I'm, I'm pumped for uh, for yesterday. I'm pumped for the weekend. I'm pumped for today. The Bucks finally made a selection, but uh, some some really strange things have happened uh, from the start of the draft, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna get ready to talk about it. Yeah, and that's exactly exactly where we'll start. We'll start with the Bucks selection of Logan Hall, listed as a defensive end from Houston. Admittedly, neither of us knew a ton, ton about Logan Hall when the pick was made. And as we posted on Twitter, you hoped he can play inside a lot. And people are already replying to us on Twitter. The, uh, by the way, at TD Experience, at Elmar810. The, some of the tape that the draft coverage showed of him showed him playing inside. And according to, uh, according to Hammy87Doe on Twitter... 79% of Logan Hall's snaps were inside last season. And Houston does play a 3-4. So initially when I saw the words or D-end, I didn't absolutely love the pick when it it came in, considering the Bucs' other needs on the interior of the offensive and defensive line. But if this guy plays traditionally inside in a similar position to what Ndamukong Sue played in the Bucks defense, then I'm all for it. The Bucks traded down and uh, looks like they might have filled a position of need here. A couple of things. One is there is playing inside in college and then there's playing inside in the NFL. That's number one. Number mm-hmm. two is it also matters as far as the fit is concerned because there's people inside that Bucks war room, whether it be Jason Light, Bruce Arians now, who's moved up in the front office, and also Todd Bowles, who, who we saw coach. Bruce was sitting right next to Todd in the Correct. draft. Um, going tonight. through the war room, they're all inside that war room, sitting right next to each other. Okay, but but ultimately, my point is the fact that Todd Bowles knows the type of players that will fit his defense, and if that means that Hall is big enough and has the skill set to play inside in his defense then so be it. Here's the thing. When you have a guy like Vita Ver, he's most likely going to take on center and or guard. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, the guys that line up next to him may take up, may take on a guard, may take on a tackle. That in itself means that when you run, whether it be a two-five-four, whether it be a three-four-four, what I mean, there's multiple ways that Todd Bowles uses down linemen. And sometimes, you know what? There's obvious guys that have their hand in the grass. Vita Vey is one of them. But the other guys, you don't know who's coming. I mean, we watched it the last couple of years where J- JPP, JC Pierre Paul, number nine, stop by say La Boulet, drops down in coverage. All right. Number nine, Trian Shayanka, drops in coverage. 98, Anthony Nelson, drops in coverage. So there's multiple ways to use guys in this defense. And yet, if Logan Hall played inside, kicked it inside in Houston and the AC conference, then so be it. Great. But again, in this defense, he may play inside, but more than likely the guy that's going to take on the folks that play inside is number 5-0, Vita Vea. And 100%. And in this Bucks defense, with it being a 3-4, the technical defensive end positions, you technically only have one starting defensive tackle on this, your nose tackle, and your guys that are listed as ends aren't full-on pass rushers. Look at Ndamukong Sue. That's what the outside linebackers and Todd Bowles' defense defense is for. And as I said, Houston plays uh, plays somewhat of a similar defense in in the AAC. This guy was an all uh, AAC selection, had over six sacks, uh, listed at six six and a half, two hundred and eighty-three pounds. So I mean, initial shock in seeing defensive end, but to be honest, like. That's technically what Indomitian Sue's position is if you look at a depth chart uh, of the Bucks, just because they have, just because the where the pass rushers are in the Bucks defense are uh, are listed as outside linebackers. Now, I don't think this prevents a situation in Indomitian Sue coming back. I think the Bucks will still explore that and what they can do with the with the cap. But the Bucks picked up an extra draft pick to trade down six picks. And they still got a position of need. But, Len, I'll ask you, do you think that the the Bucks trade down last night, do you think that that was a situation of there was the run on those offensive linemen, Kenyon Green and, uh, and uh, Zion from Boston College go back-to-back in the, in the teens earlier than they were expected to go? Uh, is that a situation where the Bucks? traded back is that a is that a big part of it and then part two of this question the two safeties that the bucks were most tied to go 31 and 32 and are we having a different conversation right now if those weren't the two guys that were picked at the uh tail end of the first round last night yeah listen they were linked to when it came to the mock drafts throughout the last i'd say probably the, the last probably week and a half to two weeks they were linked to Guys like Devontae Wyatt. They were linked to uh, Zion Johnson, who you mentioned. They were yeah. linked to uh, Dax Hill, uh, Lewis Seen, those two safeties. So those are the guys they were linked to. Right? But when it came to 27, right, Wyatt was still there. Yes. But Johnson, gone. Any other, the in- interior offensive linemen, for the most part, that they had rated high on their board, 
was gone. Uh, so you had either to take Wyatt or one of those two safeties I mentioned that were taken 31 and 32, the end of the night, Hill and Seen. In my eyes, they probably didn't have Wyatt or probably didn't have safety as much as maybe a need on their board or defensively inside their room. And when it came to looking at their board and seeing Wyatt and maybe seeing Hall's name up there and thinking this guy fits our defense better than Wyatt does. And we'll find that stuff out because the great folks who cover this team, whether it be Rick Stroud, Greg Allman, uh, Scott Reynolds, all the folks that cover the Bucks, are going to ask these questions to Jason Light immediately today. We're going to find out why Hall and not Wyatt. Why trade back? Where did you have Hall on your, on your, on your draft board? Those questions are going to get fired, fired at Jason Light, and we're going to find out, and it's going to be more about what he says than me sitting here guessing in regards to why they traded down. But in the end, they feel the need. If, if Hall can play inside, and again, his skill set says in this defense, he played inside in Houston, he can play inside with the Bucks defense that, again, doesn't necessarily go simple 4-3-4. Four, four. How, much, how much a part of the conversation do you think Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State, was there at 33? Because that's another guy... That was uh, that was tied to the Bucks and and some mock drafts. We listen. We're gonna have we're, we're gonna have more stuff happen t- tonight as it is. They have uh, if we have it right, four more uh, three more picks. They have another. They have another two and two threes. They may address the Titans' position somewhere tonight in day two. With that, the thinking is, and again, this is questions that will get fired at Jason Light. You're thinking in terms of okay. McBride may have led FBS in, in receptions and receiving yards, but it wasn't like the guy is like the prototypical 21st century tight end. He's not Kelsey. He's not Pitts. He's not one of these hybrid guys. He's not even a guy like uh, OJ Howard where he's a mismatch, where he's faster than linebackers, but bigger than safety. So he can win that battle. McBride's more more of a line of a regular tight end. Like I said, not 21st century one, more along the lines of a 20th century, 20th century tight end, where kind of an old school guy put up big numbers, but they may have thought that his skill set can be found later in the in the draft, later today in day two with one of the three other picks. And in reality, um, whether it be the fact that Gronk decides to come back or, I mean, as much as you like Gronk, I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying Bucks fans. You as as people. You, <laughs> as much as you people like Gronk, uh, my man 87 missed some games. So it's not like this team's not accustomed to playing without him. If 84 still does it. And you, you know, lose OJ Howard, so. Yeah, true. But again, again, you address that. You bring up OJ Howard, right? You bring up OJ Howard. Mm-hmm. Went to Buffalo. Let me ask you a question. What the hell did he do the last two years? Not much. Okay. Okay. And granted, that's because I think was, there was. I think there was, was one behind, game was this behind. season. 
I think there was one game this season where I tweeted out, we've got an O.J. Howard sighting. One game. And granted, to his defense, it was because of who he was behind. But in the end, when you say, oh, well, they lost O.J. Howard. And, and, and again, I'm not saying so much you. I'm saying you people, Bucks fans. When you say, oh, we lost O.J. Howard, I ask you, what the hell did you really lose? He didn't lose, he didn't lose a whole lot. He didn't lose a whole lot. The guy was throwing tight end on, on Sundays, dude. And, you know? and honestly, whoever, if they would have taken McBride, McBride's still probably a third tight end if Gronk comes back. If and Gronk doesn't come back, that's a different situation. Still, but, as much as McBride put up big numbers in college last year, it's not like he was a guy that's it's not like he was a guy that's going to come into into Ray J or come into the Avon Hill Training Center and press for time. He wasn't gonna do that. Not that in his skill set, because his skill set again is you know the 80s and 90s tight end. It's not the 21st century tight end where you got the Kelsey's and the Pitts. And the Darren Wallace, those guys. That's not that. That's not. That's not his skill set. So, just one of the Bucks picks tonight. Thirty-three. They already selected. They've got another one in the in the second round, pick sixty, and then only one in the third round, ninety-one. So there are only three picks total tonight. But that pick that they, one of the two picks that they got in the trade down from the Jaguars. The 106th pick very early in the fourth round. So the Bucks will be back on the clock early, early tomorrow with that 106th pick. They also picked up a sixth round pick in that trade down with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to get into a little bit later in the show. We'll preview the rest of the weekend in terms of what the Bucks are going to look for. I'm not going to talk about specific player targets because by the time you're listening to this, Night two of the draft is probably going to be over, and a lot of the guys that we would probably mention are going to be filled on some other team. But we'll throw out position needs in terms of what the Bucks are going to be looking for in the NFL draft. I want to get to last night and some of the things that went down. And I think the first thing that we have to get into is the wide receiver trades and what happened last night. Hollywood Brown, Lamar Jackson's guy, Lamar Jackson's number one target gets traded to Arizona, where he'll join a very good receiving core for Kyler Murray out there in the Arizona Cardinals. And possibly, even bigger than that, the Tennessee Titans trade away probably their second best player on the entire roster in A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles and then immediately draft what looks to be his replacement in Traylon Burks from the University of Arkansas and instantly... His uh, NFL comp comes up on the screen, and it's A.J. Brown. So very clear what Tennessee did there in that deal. Just ultimately, because of what Tennessee did, I almost understand that move a little bit more, even though if you would have asked me before those trades went down, would you be more surprised if Hollywood Brown got traded or A.J. Brown got traded? I would have said I would have been more surprised if A.J. Brown got traded, but looking at what happened, I honestly think that the Brown trade makes a little bit more sense, and you can see what uh, Tennessee was trying to do. And, I mean, you, you got a situation in, in, in Baltimore where Lamar Jackson's tweeting out WTF. 
Well, you say Brown trade, both guys name was Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ Brown. Yeah. AJ in Hollywood. AJ in Hollywood. But when it when it comes to when it comes to Hollywood, Hollywood who ends up going out west to Arizona. For me, it's a matter of okay, you've got a quarterback that's been in the throngs of controversy and wiping his social media clean of his team and all that kind of stuff. And he's kind of positioning himself to, uh, to get a new deal from his team. That being the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler uh, Murray. But Kyler Murray played with a certain wide receiver in Oklahoma, that being Hollywood Brown. And in Baltimore, it was more, he, listen, last year he had over 90 catches. Don't get me wrong. He had, he had his moments. But when you really think about Baltimore and you think about that offense, do you really think about the guys on the outside? Sneaky 90 catches, 90 plus catches. Like sneaky. He, he definitely was, definitely was Lamar Jackson's number one outside receiver. By the way, Lamar missed some games last year too. He got yeah, banged up last year too. Yeah, but my point a, is he's a big deep threat. I think it makes their offense even more one-dimensional. I, I, I don't get that trade at all. My, my, my point is, well, this is my thing. This is my point. My point is, is that Arizona is trying to appease their quarterback and trying to, and trying to smooth things over uh, with their quarterback. That's the thing. What are you pointing up at? I'm saying, wow, we're, we're watching the draft as we're recording this uh, podcast, and Kenneth Walker, KW3, gets selected by the Seattle Seahawks with the 41st overall pick. I said we weren't going to talk about player targets. That was one that I thought that I crossed my break fingers might, might, might fall to the, break your the Bucks. And, uh, break your own rules. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying in terms Make of... Make a rule and break it within the we last can talk, five minutes. We can talk about it because he got selected. It's fair to talk about now that he got selected. I don't want to talk about somebody... <laughs> I don't want to talk about Kenneth Walker and then he gets... And then he... Kenneth Walker possibly going to the Bucks, and then he gets selected after we end this podcast. And people are like, what, are the, what the heck are they talking about? No, we know he's playing for the Seahawks. Two running backs have been selected so far in, in the in the second round, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. We'll talk about if the Bucks are going to target a running back uh, tonight or tomorrow in a little bit. But just back to back to the trade, the, the Hollywood Brown. He Arizona has a very good receiving core already. But Hollywood Brown, they adds lost a, a player. They lost Kirk, and they yes. need to replace Kirk. And he and Brown adds a speedy deep threat where you have Hopkins, who is that possession style deep threat, a guy that you can throw to in traffic and stuff. And then they did bring back AJ Green, but then now you have a guy that can take the top off the defense. And Hollywood Brown, I get the deal for Arizona. Hundred percent understand why Arizona made the move. It's just the the Baltimore side of it that like. Why are you doing anything to to frustrate uh, Lamar Jackson? I love Rashad Bateman, who they drafted out of Minnesota. Uh, I think he's going to be a fantastic player. And now he clearly is going to have to be Lamar Jackson's uh, number one target. Not necessarily, because just like, just like the Packers drafted a wide receiver today in day two, uh, Christian Watson... From North to, Dakota State to, to to appease their fifty million dollar quarterback, Baltimore. Who, I mean, Ozzie Newsom may not be running their draft room any longer, but they're still a solidified, solidified 
when it comes to the draft, they're mm-hmm. pretty strong. They're, they're draft champs, dude. And if they're not champs, they're pretty pretty tops when it comes to their organization. So if they need if they feel the need to draft a wide receiver and to replace Hollywood Brown in this draft, they'll do it because that's because they're a small small organization. They're pretty solid. No, I would I would trust them. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, guess what? I would trust them too. Dude, now, they drafted you when no one else would. Yeah. Moved up to draft you when no one else would. Now trust let's, them. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the other Brown who got traded last night. AJ Brown goes to the Eagles and gives Jalen Hurts a bona fide number one receiver after they drafted him the Heisman Trophy winner just just a year ago uh, in Philadelphia. I mean, totally understand why Philly did it, but I get the why Tennessee did. He was on his last year of his contract, and you draft a rookie who is his pro comp is A.J. Brown. He's a lot cheaper, but that's going to be a lot of pressure on a wide receiver who was picked in the teens to come in and perform immediately uh in turn that that's their number one receiver right now with with brown gone this guy is is expected to immediately go in there and be that number one guy i mean you have derrick henry but can you i understand it in the long term but tennessee is a team that had home field advantage last year they didn't win a game in the playoffs but they had home field advantage and uh i mean it's just not a it's just not a move that you necessarily expect for a team that is as close as tennessee seemed to be but i do understand you know trying to get something for brown before he walks next season it's 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 a weird thing but it's the business of the nfl if he wasn't walking next year he wouldn't have been traded that's number one number two is let's understand something i mentioned other guys missing time last year aj brown missed time last year too along with derrick henry who made it back to the playoffs but missed nearly i don't know about six games in the second half of the season second part of the season good amount yeah and this is a conversation we had last year when you were campaigning to get Julio Jones on his football team. And I told you then, and I'll tell you now. This it didn't team, work out. No, not you only right. that. No, not only I that. I was wrong. Not only that. <laughs> Remember that line because you said a whole lot. But no, that's not my point. My point is. So the Colts get to the Super Bowl this year. No, you okay, you'll be right about that. But it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm debating with you about Matt Ryan I love you, somebody else. But I debated you, debated with you in regards to Julio Jones going to Tennessee. And you did. Out. You did. And the reason why is I told you, and I'll tell you again, dude, their offense and their team is not built around getting the ball to the wide receivers. It's just not. It's that's not that's not how they're built. And because of that, if you can, you're paying your quarterback, you're paying your running back top dollar. You're paying those two guys top dollar. If you can keep AJ Brown, and he's not have, he's not walking in 2023 or follow the 2022 season, that's great. But he's walking next year. He's walking out of Nashville next year, and because of that, you trade him now because 
you can replace him. And I'm not saying he's not he's not an all-pro talent. And I'm not saying he won't have a big year in Philadelphia, although Jalen Hurts going to get the ball out of his hands a whole lot quicker than he has been lately because that throwing the ball late, man, it ain't going to work in the NFL. But that's besides the point. My point is the fact that a guy like A.J. Brown on Tennessee, not for every team, but on Tennessee, is a guy that can be replaced because he's not the number one option when it comes to that team moving the football. It's right. King. It's King Henry. All right, now let's talk about the fact that only one quarterback was taken in the first round. The 20th overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers, had their pick of the litter of the quarterbacks, and they went with Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis out of Liberty. And Willis is a guy who some expected could have went as high as six to Carolina. And as we record this, the 42nd pick is in, and Malik Willis is still on the board. Are you surprised that only one quarterback was taken last night? And are you surprised that it was Pickett? If you listened to our live show last night, you know my opinion on Kenny Pickett. I put it out there on Twitter. I think he's starting opening day for the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion. But beyond that, you surprised at the lack of quarterback movement in the early stages of the draft? Yeah, I am. I, I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be probably three guys selected only because of the importance of the position in the NFL, not so much because of the talent of the quarterbacks. I thought they'd be three guys selected in the first round. Obviously, only one guy went number twenty. You mentioned Pinkett. Uh but here's the thing that that you you double down on in regards to him being the starting quarterback for the Steelers opening day 2022. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. This is a franchise of stability, dude. And I don't know that they're ready to hand the keys over to a, a rookie quarterback day one. I'm not here to tell you that Pickett can't, can't be the starting quarterback at some point because they drafted him for a reason. They draft. I said it last night. Look, if you're going to draft a guy, if you're in the 20s, you're a winning football team, and you're going to draft a guy, you're looking for that guy to make an impact on your football team because you're a winning football team already. Remember, the Steelers made the playoffs last year. We can talk about you know it being one of the last wild cards to get in, but they got in. And they'll win a perfect storm for them to get there. But yeah, I mean, they won, you know, they, yeah. they won enough to be in the playoffs. Yep. So with that, you're thinking, okay, what do we need to get better so that, so that we can be either closer to winning the division or be a, you know, higher ranked in the conference, whatever it is, but the, no, they went and they drafted Pickett, and I, and listen, God bless them because they, they feel like this guy can bring them something. I just don't think it's going to be in 2022 like you do. And you're going to double down on this, <laughs> but I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a mulligan because, <laughs> because I'm, getting, I'm getting a little tired of, of, of uh, you, being, you being the guy that's always wrong on this podcast. I got to catch up, man. I got to catch up. You want to tell me about Trubisky and you want to throw out Drew Locke on me. And I'm like, dude, Trubisky, he won 12 games in this league. You want to throw out Drew Locke's rookie year? And I'm like, come on, man. I mean, Has Drew Locke even started 12 games? He hasn't won 12 games in one season. Oh, for not, sure, yeah. Not only that, what's the first thing you always say to me when I say Tyrod Taylor? 
Pro Bowl quarterback. Is you Trubisky? No, he's not. 2018, dude. He was. I didn't want to oh. tell you this yesterday because you were wondering with the mouth, oh. and I didn't got, and I didn't want to, and I didn't want to cut you off because you were you you went on oh. and on and on, and I didn't want to cut you off. I was like, you know what? Go ahead. Just go See, ahead. Just keep talking, dude. I mean, I you've got the you. level. You've got the level of. You've got Pro Bowl quarterbacks like Mitch Trubisky and James Winston. Then you go up a couple levels and you get to Pro yeah. Bowl quarterbacks like Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, take your tongue out of your cheek, first of all. <laughs> secondly, secondly, I'm glad you brought up James, James Winston because in 2018. I did know he was a. I did know he was. He was like the last alternate. It doesn't like matter. A, I know. Oh, don't, don't hit me with that because every time you bring up Tyrod Taylor, you hit me with the Pro Bowl quarterback. You don't list the other ones. You just tell me. Tyrod Taylor. That's number one. Number fact. two is yeah, fact. Okay, fact. Uh, fact. Twenty eighteen happened to be Dirk Cutter's last season here in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And Bucks Nation, I love you, but I gotta do this to trade Dolly because he has he has selective memory. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I I, I, told I, you I remember. I remember the Jameis thing. And I just never bring that up because I just don't. But uh, I, I honestly didn't know the Trubisky thing. Trubisky and that's was, in and I'm telling you, the season he was a Pro Bowl quarterback, he threw for six touchdowns in one game. You know who that game was against? Against the Bucks. I remember that game. Yes. <laughs> that happened to be the game that Jameis came back after his suspension. Yes. And he, he stunk the place up. But uh, Mitch had five touchdowns in the first half. Okay? So... I'm just telling you in regards to the whole Drew Locke thing and the whole Mitchell Trubisky thing and what's Trubisky done in this league thing yesterday you fired at me and I'm like, dude, <laughs> the, guy, the guy had his issues in Chicago and Bears fans want no parts of him and they wasted a first round pick. I, I get that from Bears fans. Heck, I mean, I've been in those situations with quarterbacks that my team is drafted. I get it. I understand it. But... The Steelers saw something enough in him to pick him up and to make him their starting quarterback as it is right now. And, and I told you yesterday, this is a franchise man in my lifetime that has probably had 10 quarterbacks, dude, and I can run him down to you. But I think that, I think that they go after uh, a Trubisky rather than one of the bigger name quarterbacks because they had their eyes on drafting a guy. And yes, I still do believe that uh, Kenny Pickett starts day one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if you want to back up anyone in the league, Mitch Trubisky is a pretty good option. Fans might be calling for, for Kenny Pickett rather early. No doubt. But you know what? Same could be said about Daniel Jones in, 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 uh, in New York. Or Sam what? Darnold in Carolina. Yeah, you want to back somebody up, back one of those guys up. Yeah. Okay, because you're more than likely to pet, you're more than like, likely to play. And I told you yesterday, and I'll, and I'll tell you again, when it comes to Daniel Jones, Giants fans wishfully, they had if they had the best case scenario, Tyrod Taylor would maybe would play. In the again, when he's taking snaps and taking a knee. Because the game's over, and they're just protecting Daniel Jones from getting hurt, and Before that we... might, and that might be the same thing with Pickett. I I mean I'm only telling you this in regards to Pickett not starting Week One 
for the Steelers in September is because this isn't a franchise that does that, dude. They got a they got a viable option. They signed in Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm not yeah. here to tell you that he's going to start all 17 games either. He might stink it up, but they they signed him, and they're willing to give him a chance to see if he's going to stink it up or not, and whether or not he actually learned anything playing under Brian Dable and Josh Allen up in Buffalo last year. It's definitely going to. I think that if we hear from you know the Steelers coaches and Mike Tomlin and things like that I think it's going to be at least an, an open competition I think Pickett will be given the chance to beat Trubisky out in in training camp for sure now before we move on to what positions of need the Bucks might have uh, throughout the rest of the draft is we'll reconvene after the draft and talk about all of the Bucks draft selections once again Trey Downey and Lynn Martez Downey and Martez podcast here on Bucks Nation Anything else really stick out to you in terms of uh, what we've seen in the in the early stages of the NFL draft? I'm with a lot of people in saying that both New York teams a plus plus for what for what they've done so far. We went over both of their uh, first two picks, but then the Jets adding Brees Hall early in the second round as well. Uh, the New York teams slam dunk for me so far. Yeah, that and the fact that, you know, you had 10 teams that didn't have a pick in the first round. Yeah. And that means that there were, what, nine teams that had multiple picks. It wasn't just the Jets and the Giants. I mean, we talked about the Ravens. They had multiple picks. Green Bay had multiple picks. And, you know, we... we, we quarrel about them not getting a receiver, but they took defensive players. So, you know, as much as they may have not in the first round replaced Devontae Adams and gotten Aaron Rodgers, his wide receiver in the first round, they're trying to make their defense better. And they had two picks in the first round. They drafted two guys in the first round trying to make their defense better. Kansas City, same thing. Drafted two defensive players. First round. So you got all these teams that... Even though some people thought they should be taking a receiver after trading away Tyree Kill. Same situation. They still got got today. Mm -hmm. You know, they still got today. So, you know, give give them a chance. I just find it intriguing that the teams that had multiple picks dove in the way they dove in. Not, Not the teams that were... Earlier in the, in the first round, like the Giants and the Jets and Detroit, who need help everywhere, I'm talking about the teams, that winning team that made the playoffs last year, said to themselves, this is where we're going to focus. We're going to focus on defense, like Green Bay did and like Kansas City did. At some point, it's going to become best player available on the board for the Bucks. But as term in terms of team needs for the rest of this NFL draft, I think you've still got to address the interior offensive line. Then maybe you look at you look at addressing depth in the secondary, and then if you have a receiver or running back that you like, slide in there. I think that that's an option as well as tight end. But in terms of need, I think interior offensive line and secondary depth are the two 
biggest things that the Bucks will circle this weekend. I don't disagree. I, look, I, I mean, I, I could probably do a podcast every day with you. We can talk football every day. And this conversation will come up every day. And that is how important it is to have depth on your offensive line. You got to have it. You might, you might think, and I, when I say you, I don't mean one might think that they have enough depth on their offensive line. I've heard coaches say never. Lynn was shaking his head, by the way. You can't hear that you hear on me? the audio. Me shaking my head. <laughs> one, so once again, I've heard coaches say you never have enough depth when it comes to your offensive line. So, yeah, you can address it. Uh, but it's not, it's not, I don't think it's a need, but I think it's something that, that you want to do if it's, if it's the best player that's available to you and it's an offensive lineman, yeah, snatch him up because you never have enough. As far as the secondary is concerned, I brought it up yesterday, two points, and that is the fact that when it comes to the Bucks, other than Vernon Hargraves, right, a first-round pick, cornerback, at least – during Jason Light's time here, you've seen them draft corners second, third round, latter part of the draft, which is something I think they might do sometime this weekend, either tonight or even tomorrow. Other than Wirfs, that's what they've done with the O-line as well. And the thing about it, too, when it comes to the secondary is concerned, and I brought it up yesterday, and that is the fact that next year, whether it be Dean or Murphy Bunting, guess what? Those guys are free agents. And you've already paid Carlton Davis. And like I said yesterday, I'll say it again. You can kick that can down the road so many times. But that cap room credit comes back at you at some point. So, you know, as much as you, you get your great number 12, the GOAT, to uh, restructure his deal to give you some cap relief, at some point at some time, you can't consistently keep doing that. And they're already paying Carlton Davis. So I don't know which one of those two guys they're going to pay moving forward when it comes to Dean and Murphy Bunting. But if you, you, you're looking at a position this weekend, I think cornerback is something that they address too. It's going to be plenty to get into. We'll reconvene early next week and recap all of the Buccaneers selections and everything else that happens in terms of the NFL draft. 60 one and 90 that's where they're uh picking for the rest of this evening and then early in round number four at 106 until we talk to you again remember subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it spotify iheart apple wherever you can find your podcast you can subscribe to this one follow lynn on twitter at lmart810 follow myself on twitter and follow bucks Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience, by the way, and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and analysis on every pick that the Bucks make. There's going to be a ton of stuff on Logan Hall. Uh, we have a ton of guys there who have done a ton more research on him than I personally have. So if you want more uh, intel on the Bucks' first pick in the 2022 draft, BucksNation.com is the place for that. Until next time. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.